0: Welcome to this episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. Today I have with me Frederica Heine. She's a project manager for SAP Women in Tech. Welcome, Frederica. Hi, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Frederica.
1: So I live close to Waldorf, which is close to SAP where I work. So I've been, I'm from this area. I studied in Heidelberg. I uh, live here with my boyfriend. Unfortunately, I do not have a dog. I'm a huge dog lover, mm-hmm. but uh, it hasn't happened yet. Well, and on the weekends, you can mostly find me on the airfield because I have a pilot license for gliders. Uh, and mm-hmm. I also have my own glider, which I bought during the first year of the pandemic, overhauled it, and now um. Well, you can find me at the airfield most of the time. That's really all I do on the weekends. I'm afraid to say, yeah. Well, that's such an uh, uncommon hobby, I'd say, having a glider. That sounds so
0: cool. You know, soaring above the earth. Yeah. Yeah. I can recommend um, it. <laughs> does that mean that there is a lot of um, green space and rural areas around where you live? Um, yes. Is SAP, I, I I have never been to Waldorf, so <laughs> I'm wondering because <laughs> SAP is this global, worldwide um, enterprise. And, and yeah. um, so I'm wondering is it located in a very rural area?
1: It is. I mean, SAP itself, the entire headquarters in Waldorf, it's huge. But it's surrounded by a nice forest and some fields. And the area I live in is actually also very green. It's more in the countryside, so you can always go to the um, to the forest to walk. So there's uh, large large areas with green space that, um, which is very nice. Living before that in Heidelberg in the city, which was also beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but countryside has uh, a site to it that's really great. Yeah. yeah. So that immediately
0: brings me to my next question, actually, how you ended up uh, close to Waldorf at SAP. <laughs> you already said you started in Heidelberg, but tell me a little bit more about your background, um, where you're initially from. Is your family also in tech, maybe your parents, or, or how did you come to be a woman in tech?
1: Right, so I'm actually from this area I live in, just like 20 minutes away from where my parents live. So I never really left <laughs> that that area just to study abroad uh, twice. And how I ended up in tech? Well, that's a it's a long story. Um, so I studied art history and anthropology in Heidelberg, which is completely different. I also had economics as a side. Uh, side thing because you can fully study art history back then, and I needed something on the side. But I actually also worked a lot in in the art history field and culture before I ended up at SAP. And it's a funny story because I never thought I would end up in tech because back at school, I wasn't good at math. I wasn't good with numbers, with calculating, and I don't. I don't even think we had anything that was computer related. And I graduated in Mm -hmm. 2010. It was a while ago, but still computers were around. It just wasn't a thing to Mm -hmm. learn about. And then I did the one thing I loved at school, which was art history. Mm -hmm. And I loved it, every bit of it. It was incredibly fascinating. And I never regretted doing that degree. It's just that when I started my master's, I thought, well, you've tried so many different things in the culture space so many different jobs and it never really clicked for some reason and there's well not for some reason there's many reasons it never really clicked we can get into that later so I thought well what else could I do maybe outside of the cultural world and I figured well there's SEP, which is close to Heidelberg where my university was and I thought let's see what I can do there and the most straightforward thing to me back then was marketing. So I applied for an internship at SAP. That was in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, so a while ago. And I did an internship there in experience marketing. And I learned that I can actually do a lot of things outside of art history, just because (laughs) I can learn on the job, I can train, people can show me stuff. And after that, I was a working student, finished my degree then and was applying for different jobs I tried culture jobs again but it's it was and I think it still is very competitive you have a, a small amount of jobs available lots of people who have a degree in humanities and so I stumbled I was like let me see what what else is out there I have this marketing experience i worked uh, several years as a working student in marketing and for some reason and the connection here is still not clear to me until today I ended up as a product manager, for <laughs> well, back then the <laughs> SAP Cloud Platform in Waldorf, which is a, it's a, it's a crazy story. It's a crazy shift. Um, that was partially due to my marketing experience. And I also, you know, I've been around SAP before. I loved the spirit they had. And back then I thought, well, this is really where the future is being decided on, right? Because technology is such a huge, huge part of our lives. And I thought, when I was in marketing, I didn't have that much to do with the actual product. And I was like, let me see what's out there in development. Maybe I can do something even without knowing how to code and ended up in product management. Mm -hmm. And that was a crazy learning curve from like zero to knowing so much about the product and so much about the processes behind it. And it opened an entirely new world to me i was blown away it was hard Mm -hmm. it was really hard but um i i loved it and then at some point i found out about women in tech which is what i'm doing now and that's Mm -hmm. should we go that way are we that far yet
0: (laughs) (laughs) let me just just uh, say a couple of things I mean your journey is so interesting and it's I feel a very typical journey for a lot of women who end up in tech because I've talked to a couple of women now on Mm -hmm. my series and a lot of them Mm -hmm. end up being career changers because when they were younger they had no connection to this whole tech world And I feel it was the same for you. You say typical things. I wasn't good at math. I wasn't interested in tech. (laughs) So I, and I feel that's what happens to a lot of women, just when they're younger, they just don't see or don't have these role models, these connections that, that would guide them towards that. And then when they come into contact with the whole thing by usually by chance, then they find out that it's actually really interesting. And you also touched on something else that I find quite quite important. You know, when you were looking for a job in Mm -hmm. in your actual field, you realized there was a lot of competition, but there's also another uh, thing I think. I think those jobs aren't quite as well paid as the job are in the tech field, right?
1: (laughs) If if we could speak openly about this. Yes. Most Mm -hmm. of the work I did in culture was unpaid or Mm -hmm. rarely paid i did an internship at an auction house back then it was not mandatory to pay interns so i Mm -hmm. didn't receive any money and they had sometimes working i know that they had working hours outside of you know monday to to um friday outside Mm -hmm. of the hours to have auctions in the evenings and stuff and yeah well i guess to be honest salary also was a was a box I wanted to tick because I didn't feel like my work was valued or appreciated there in mm-hmm. in in a, in a sense so I, I guess it's true sometimes you feel a little bit shame to say that Be in it for the purpose, you know what I'm saying?
0: You know, that's such a, and and that's such a woman thing to think, you know, that you should be in it for the purpose. And this is what's holding a lot of women back Mm. in pursuing a career that would give them a good, uh, you know, basis for financial basis for their living, because we have to be very honest. I mean, money is important. And when you look at uh, the jobs, a lot of women do, they're all badly paid. They have bad hours and they're badly paid. So that's also mm-hmm. one of my, my motivations to get more women into tech, to show them that there are um, fields out there that are well-paid, where you have a lot
1: of flexibility and where you can actually feel at home as we mm-hmm. do. I always so, say mm-hmm. 50% of my job to me is the content and the other 50% is the team, the salary, the work atmosphere I work in, mm-hmm. like the benefits I have the way I can continue living my life while at the same time working and I don't think it was that well balanced in in the jobs I had previously done or the internships I had previously done so yeah that that was definitely also one of the reasons (laughs) thank you for for confirming that because I feel women need
0: to you know look out a little better for themselves around these topics you know yeah. Um. And and you mentioned something else just now that I also think is very important. When you look for the job, you're you're mm-hmm. going to have um, its benefits, and it's also the team you're working with. And of course, there is a part is purpose. And you are now project manager for SAP Women in Tech, right? <laughs> and I think that is partly because you have a purpose there,
1: right? True. Yes. <laughs> so I switched <laughs> to this team um, full time in. April last year so 2021 and I just I just love the stuff we do I just love the purpose behind it and I love that I can be part of this change that we're trying to create um, within the company but also on a larger scale because I think whenever I get in touch with different companies and weeks change with people who do similar topics in different uh, companies they are very surprised about the amount of workforce we have behind these topics because within sap it's not just women in tech there's also diversity and inclusion there's also a business women network and there's many many things i'm just mentioning a few Mm -hmm. that try to help bring a change around and i think we're really at the forefront here which is one of the things i love so much about the job i'm doing right now yeah
0: yeah. And and I must say, I was actually really surprised when I realized uh, that you had a full-time job around this topic. Yeah. I, I did, you know, mm-hmm. we, we were in contact and I knew there was SAP Women in Tech, but I thought yeah. like for most uh, companies I was accustomed to, it was kind of like something you did on the side besides your, your actual
1: job. So kudos to SAP for having that. Absolutely. So <laughs> the topic SAP Women in Tech started in 2017. It was an internal um, summit where suddenly people realized there's only men on stage explaining technical topics. Mm -hmm. And then people were like, we have so many incredible women. Why are they not on stage? And this is where the entire thing started rolling. And it's only since last year that we have a full-time team within the company, Previous to that, I was doing stuff on the site while I was still in project management, uh, product management for the cloud platform. And I think we're so lucky to have this opportunity and SAP is actually a great company that they put a focus on this so much and let us do the work. I think we're a team of five at the moment. So five people working on this topic. I mean, one of us is also doing diversity and inclusion, which is kind of a little bit of a different topic, but I think I think we're really taking the right steps here to go into the right direction because there's two things that we want to achieve with women in tech. The first first thing we really want to do is make the female experts visible with their expertise. And we consider every woman working in tech to be a woman in tech. So you don't have to write code, which is something I cannot do. I started a really, uh, really basic beginner's course to learn Python. And it was a lot of fun, but I still I still don't know much about it. So even if you work in accounting or if you're a lawyer working in the tech industry and in marketing, if you're a consultant, you know, everything, you are working in tech, you are a woman in tech. So we want to make these women and their expertise visible within the company, but also externally. And we've actually kind of crafted a vision for women in tech which is that in 2030 women will look back at today and they'll be surprised that it wasn't completely natural to work in the tech industry to work at sap as a woman no matter what kind of degree or training you have right mm-hmm. so that is where we want to end up basically saying that 10 years from now we think sap women in tech is no longer necessary because we kind of <laughs> fix the problem right (laughs) I really (laughs) hope that's true
0: (laughs) I'm not terribly optimistic but I hope it's true well you have to (laughs) set your goals high right (laughs) you should definitely and I do agree with your definition of women in tech and if Mm. you look at my my podcast you will see that uh, most women I, I interview are not women who code So I definitely see every woman uh, working in the tech industry as a woman in tech. And I think it's important because we're constantly talking about the issue we have, filling roles, finding new talent and and finding enough people in the workforce, in the tech industry. And the reason is that we don't explain what we do. Right. Mm -hmm. And. um, which brings me back a bit to your uh, journey, because obviously you have this purpose and you have this goal, and you're working towards that. But uh, what triggered that? How was it? What was it like going into SAP, from especially from a cultural field, which is typically much more feminine?
1: Yes. So I think in development, I was mostly surrounded by white men in their middle ages. Let's say around forty-five to fifty-five. That is the standard um colleague I had but there there were some women don't get me wrong especially in product management and there are women all along in different areas it's just that I think SAP and I don't want to say the wrong numbers here has something around 30 percent or 34 percent female employees around the world so it's not that bad it could be worse right um so I had a really a really steep learning curve I knew next to nothing and I had no background in anything. It was, and I think this is what what I felt that imposter syndrome that people talk about so much really hitting me because I was like, I don't know anything. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to survive to the next meeting because I have no knowledge foundation I can rely on. But I have to say that I was actually... I didn't really struggle with the men so much because i found amongst them some really great i'm gonna call it mentors even though we never established like a formal mentorship right but i remember the first the first year working for sap in product management i had I had my colleague with me he was in his late 50s um he was about to retire But he was such a great source of information and of backup and telling me to do stuff and to actually push me forward. And I know this is contrary to what most people describe that, you know, men are not a great support. But well, in my situation, I guess maybe I was lucky. Um, I've had a lot of great uh, male mentors. I mean, there were things that didn't go well, you know, when you're in a meeting and your manager, basically, after you finished saying what you wanted to say, says the exact same thing that you just said, mm. but, you know, just saying it again, because apparently you haven't said it the right way. No, so, you said it in the wrong voice. <laughs> well, probably, right? But this <laughs> yeah. has happened, um, and I should have spoken to that person who did it back then, but I was too mm. scared. We're like, okay. So these things happen, obviously, but I've also found great support in some of my uh, male colleagues back then. Mm -hmm. which I'm still in touch with them uh, until today to, you know, just feed off their experience and to, to see their perspective on things. And I also think this is something that we need to increase with what we're doing with women in tech. When you read women in tech, you think, Oh, it's just for women, Mm. but that's not even close to the truth. Right. So we're now trying to shift a bit towards including the male colleagues, actually making them aware of what's happening and I was so surprised because we've recently spoken to a group of men and they had experienced so many issues in terms of not only how to address the topic, how to address telling a female colleague, I think you can do this and I think you should do this. Right. So there's a, a huge conversation about how to actually talk about this without sounding insulting or trying to you know push someone in in a direction they don't want to go in so this is part of the issue but there's also a heightened sense of uh sense of you know heightened sense of seeing that these things are happening but not really knowing what to do and Mm -hmm. maybe I'm in a privileged position to be able to talk to these men who have you know a sense for that have a sense for what's going on but I think we're really we're really going into the right direction here and I've always found my colleagues to be open to these to these topics and to discuss what's going on so maybe i was just lucky like i cannot speak for everyone but um i've had some good experiences there too Yes. Thank, and thank you for mentioning that. I don't think you were lucky
0: because that's that reflects my experience as well. Of course, you it will does. always you know, <laughs> meet uh, some men who will be difficult and, and some men who will try to talk over you. And there will be men who repeat the same thing you said and then pretend they didn't hear you or whatever. But the general experience working in tech is actually and it was for most of the women I talked to positive. Yeah. And I think we should emphasize that because yeah. there is this, this trope out there that if you come into a te- the tech industry as a woman, you will be alone and you will be you know, shunned by men and they won't talk to you. And I think
1: we should really talk about the fact that we have good
0: experiences here.
1: Yeah, I did. And I have to say the sometimes I think that the biggest obstacle for me or the biggest challenge is still myself. I am my biggest enemy because even when some of my colleagues would say, you know, find your own project, like come up with an idea and just pitch it. I would be like, Mm -hmm. I don't have the knowledge. I have no background in IT. How would I know? Not even considering that maybe my perspective that I bring from outside into the company from my art history and anthropology background might be helpful in some cases. Mm -hmm. So I guess- That's really, that's really the worst part of it, you know, fighting yourself, convincing yourself that you actually have knowledge, you have a valuable opinion that you should bring to the table. You have a perspective, you have a right to talk, to speak up. Maybe it was an age thing because Mm -hmm. I started when I was about 27 or 28 and I'm starting to feel a bit more confident about these things. But really, that was the hardest struggle and still is in some cases. It it doesn't just dissolve.
0: Yeah, I think it's not just you. I think a lot of women struggle with this. Mm. You mentioned imposter syndrome. We all yeah. know, we all have it. And I think, uh, especially with the fact that a lot of us are career changers, I am too, and, and a lot of women I talk to are, we often feel that we, we lack some sort of, you know, inherent knowledge that the men in the field have that we should be having. And we yeah. just kind of feel that, we we um we are lacking something even though yeah. and that's a big thing most of us actually acquired mo- uh, most of the knowledge ourselves and we are doing these jobs and and which is actually also goes to show that you can learn anything you know and true. and there's true. a reason we were hired for these jobs but i i do agree that these thoughts are there and we try, tend to hold ourselves back because we, feel we shouldn't speak up. Maybe we got it wrong. Maybe we don't understand something and, and all these little things. Yeah, it's very important. And I also like that you mentioned that um, women in tech is not just about women, that you have to actually bring in men and talk <laughs> to them. And I had an interview with Lindsey Graham um, a while ago, and she said mm-hmm. this one sentence, it always sticks with me. She said, we have to harness the power of the majority. Yeah, and that's true. so true. You know, we have... Most of the people working in tech are still men, and if we want to change the situation, we have to include them in this whole transition, and um, also let them talk on the topic. Talk with them. It's not just about women sitting together and talking, you know, Mm. with each other. That's kind of pointless. Yeah,
1: it's less about us against them. It's more about Mm -hmm. helping people understand. And I find that these discussions about women in the workplace, about many different, let's say, difficult topics, because there's a lot of anxiety, but also anger out there. As soon as it gets to that point where people get um, very emotional and also angered by what you're saying, because you could approach a discussion like this coming from, you need to do something, you need to speak up, why, you know, You're trying Mm -hmm. to force people into doing something. You put your anger into this. And I don't think that takes us anywhere because Mm -hmm. if I go into a situation like this and someone will confront me in a way that seems angry, I'll be like, no, I'm not having that discussion. And I'm rather motivated to speak against you than actually help you, right? So I think it's really about finding the right tone to go into these conversations and really trying to be open and listening to what people have to say, because I think it's not just, you know, there's this discussion when, you know, you hire a lot of female workforce, that you hire them not based on talent, but based on their gender, mm-hmm. right? This is, yeah. this is a topic. So, and I think we go against it. We, we say, well, what are you talking about? This is wrong. Of course they have talent. Of course they're qualified to do this. But I think sometimes we should maybe rather listen first to why is that person saying that, you know, they're just hiring people based on, you know, their gender. Mm -hmm. Like, what is maybe their internalized fear? Do they think they'll lose their job? Are they maybe unsatisfied with the current, you know, there's a long list. I don't Mm -hmm. want to go into detail, but it's, to me, a large part of the conversation is about listening to the things that are not being said out loud. And you need to try to find these things. You need to try to listen to the people and see where they're coming from. And it takes a while. It takes some time to do that, right? And I yes. think that's why it's so slowly progressing at times. That's the experience I've had, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's very true. And I think that's uh, something that a lot of people underestimate, that yeah. um, when there's a lot of push in one direction, there will be pushback and there will be yeah. fears and there will be... You know, um, and also, you know, when people lose certain privileges, they tend to feel that uh, all of a sudden their life is not as good as it was before. But I think uh, on top of what you already said, there's this other fact that when you bring more diversity into the workplace, uh, the workplace changes, obviously, and you know, you had like one uh, stereotype of people who worked in tech. And even those men who came into tech, they weren't actually all the same, but for mm. some reason they all had to become the same yeah so now we're breaking that up because we're bringing in women we're bringing in other diverse talent but what that means and I think that's something we need to talk about with everyone as well is that everyone has more um, option to to be who they are even the men yeah. have, now have an option to be different from other men not everyone is actually a nerd who's interested in, you know, Star Trek and 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 you know uh, plays. <laughs> true, yeah. Someone so so all of a sudden, even men have the option to be more diverse, and I think it helps all of us. It helps them to to show sides of themselves in the workplace that they would not have if there hadn't been women. So there's there's all these benefits that I think people have to start realizing that it's not just things we're doing for women it's it's actually we're doing it for everyone we're making life better for everyone in the tech
1: industry yeah we can all benefit from diverse teams I mean there's even studies showing that right so yeah and I really really appreciated having both men and women in the team and from many different backgrounds and just learning about how they see things their perspective on things so I think this is crucial and we need to make everyone or help everyone understand that they can benefit from this yeah absolutely so
0: Frederica if you look back on, on the young woman you were when you came into the tech industry and and you know or at the woman still trying to decide what to do with her life yeah what uh what would you
1: recommend to young women you know setting out on their journey I'm trying to think of something that hasn't already been said like a thousand times even though most things are universally true for everyone <laughs> <laughs> that's what i being repeated so often um i think especially for me i would like myself to know that be authentic because a lot of the time i felt that i wasn't enough that i wasn't qualified that i wasn't acting or behaving the right way in certain situations in certain work situations right and when you always try to be something you're not because you think the situation or the work requires it from you you will always end up torn between the person you are and that ideal thing you want to be and that just made me sick to my stomach it's a lot of thinking badly about yourself thinking you need to change that never helped me ever Um, so find find a workplace find a job where you feel like you can be yourself authentically well that's always worked for me even Mm -hmm. though I never sometimes I never really run by those rules I thought I had to be different so be authentic absolutely then that old saying that everything will turn out for the better right everything will fall into place that's something everyone kept telling me and I was always like but what do I do like where's the where's the advice I need to fix this specific situation right so I guess some patience is always Mm -hmm advisable <laughs> on top of that <laughs> but yeah also not being too afraid to ask mm-hmm. for help and not being too afraid to make mistakes because I think I never really had a good culture with making mistakes right it was mm-hmm. for me it was always do not make a mistake because once you've made the mistake you can never reverse it and it's it's th- then it's over that was my mindset right going into into school going to university going to the workplace that it was always like that it was like you cannot fail that is the worst Mm -hmm. thing to do instead of thinking well let me try this and if it doesn't work out i'll find something else but i needed to to turn 30 or 31 to realize that and still sometimes i think i shouldn't i should i cannot fail it's not an option right Mm -hmm. but yeah embrace embrace your failures make mistakes because you can learn from them you actually can but that's also that goes on the list of what people usually tell you right
0: (laughs) well yes this is of course you know allowing yourself to fail is one of the things people tell you but everyone has their unique perspective and their unique experience with that and i like how you you describe that you because i i understand that because i come from a similar culture you know it's german speaking culture no failure no mistakes you know (laughs) don't show emotion and for me that resonates very well because especially also with the authenticity thing you know Mm -hmm. be authentic and don't try to be someone else to fit in that's so hard when you start out and you feel like you are in a completely different environment and you're different Mm -hmm. from everyone else so I think it's really good advice. And um, I love your perspective on that. <laughs> and I want to thank you for hearing this. It was a
1: pleasure talking to you, Frederike. And um, yes, thank you for giving me your time. Absolutely. I would definitely do it again. <laughs> if you will <laughs> ever have me back on your podcast. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Great. Thanks.